Welcome to the Mom Village Podcast. We are three multicultural moms sharing our journey through motherhood with the Christ Center Foundation. For information and resources, visit us at our church's website at gofamilychurch.org. Or you can also email us at themomvillage at gofamilychurch.org. And please go over and follow us on Instagram at themomvillagefc. We're glad that you're here and welcome to our village. Isaiah 42, 16, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known. Along unfamiliar paths, I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. Hello, ladies, and welcome to part two of Army Live. We are here again with our guest, Kim Hernandez, who's in the armed forces with her husband, William Hernandez. They were in part one sharing some of their experience and life journey of their army life. She's here with us again, and we want to keep going with their questions so we can bring awareness and share the awesome army wives that are out there. So thank you so much for your service and your sacrifice. We love you, ladies, and your husbands and your beautiful families. We're thankful because of you guys, we have freedom. Yes, Kristen, what do we have to ask Karen Hernandez? Karen, say hi to our listeners. Hello. <laughs> well, Karen talked first in part one about back-to-back deployment, and one mm-hmm. of her great pieces of advice was a way that she made it special whenever Willie, her husband, came home from the deployment, says that she mm-hmm. would make herself look good. <laughs> and she she talked about how she felt like it was honeymoon time again, and so she got herself mm-hmm. prepared. Mm-hmm. But what we also know about Army life is you have to be super budget conscious, right? Oh, yes. So <laughs> you don't always have the money to go get a manicure, pedicure, facial, or whatever. So mm-hmm. we want to give away something Ooh. to one of our Army wives. So we're going to give a Visa gift card, and Ooh. obviously you can use it for whatever you want. We're not going to check. <laughs> <laughs> but it's with the intention of you doing something special for yourself yeah, to make yeah. you feel beautiful so that when your soldier or officer comes home, you feel good about it. And so we we love you. We admire you. We appreciate you. And so yeah. what do they need to do to be eligible to win this? Oh, uh, very G-Sign? easy. So first of all, you got to be an army wife. Okay. okay. So army or all- military. Oh, yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, saying yeah. Army because... Army in the military? terms of general. You can I, be... I know how those, the Marine wives are oh, out there. Oh, my goodness. The, no, yeah. no, no, the Air Force. Air my, Air dad, Force. my dad would be so mad at me, bless him, because he, he was a Marine. Marine. So he's yeah. like, what's all the Army airtime? But my son is now in the Army, so in my mind, there's nothing else. Exactly. But we have all branches of the government, yes. so I'm so sorry, ladies. Yes, any yes. branch of the government. Any branch, any branch. Yes, you just have to go and follow our Instagram, the Mom Village FC. Go over there and subscribe. And just once you see the the promotion for this episode, just go over there and comment where are your station right now. And then, yeah, that's simple as that. Just tell us where your station, or you know what, and tell us in yeah, what which branch. branch. Which branch? Yeah, if military. it's not Navy, Coast Guards. I don't want to miss anyone. Help me out. Air Force, um, Air, Air Force, Navy, Air Force, Marines, <laughs> Coast Guard. Yeah, uh, any of our military yes. branches. Yeah, and- just go over there, comment, tell us where your station, the branch, and you can be on the running to win that gift card for all, right, all your ladies, man let's do it. and for yourself. Yeah. Okay, so let's jump right in and keep asking these questions. We have so many great things to ask. Karen because she's full of like a lot of experience and plenty to more to come so 
Tell us, Kristen, what's something we can ask Karen? Right. And so we've already talked about in part one that Karen's husband serves in the Army. And so these are probably a couple of these questions are more specific to that specific branch. But I'm guessing a lot of this will transfer Mm -hmm. over into whatever branch. And so my question for you is what are some resources that are offered by the Army and probably other branches Mm -hmm. as well that you have found helpful for spouses and moms of military? So yes, like she said, there might, depending on if you're in the Air Force, Army, Marines, some of these might have a different name, but I'm sure they offer them depending on what branch your husband or your, or you serve. So CYS, I mentioned that first and foremost, <laughs> because it is child youth services. It's a child care. It's for children. And it's an amazing program that it's on post and you can take your kids for a discounted price. You know, if you need a break, they watch your kids. At the beginning, I was hesitant to use it because I just get nervous leaving my kids, but they have cameras. They're, you know, they're well taken care of. And then after we did it, you know, one time, it was such a great help you for me. You found when, the power yes. after that. And you're like, why don't I leave Be- it a month? Because the tr- <laughs> I leave them yeah. a month there and I'll pay you. What time did I have to pick them up? It's not overnight. <laughs> so I would say it was really helpful because especially if your husband's in training, deployment, or even if he's out on the field, there's infantry guys that are out in the field for a month at a time or three weeks. This happens often. And you need a break, a mental break. Even if you just literally drop them off for three hours, go home and take a nap. Or even if you you have family coming over to come and stay with you, you want to prep the house. Yeah. Well, then- well, and most of the times that I used it was because most military families don't have family near living yeah. because they move so often. So you it's really don't player. have anybody. You yeah. can't, you, it takes time to trust people. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, it's such a great program and it's, it was such a great help. Yeah. Your kids will play with other kids yeah. and they will have community, yes. you know, without. and then you get that mental break and whatever it is, you could go do your nails, whatever it is, just have, go watch Netflix or whatever it is. <laughs> So that was really helpful. Also, FRG, which stands for, you're going to hear a lot of acronyms because it's like <laughs> Army. <laughs> I mean, or sorry, military. So FRG stands for Family Readiness Group. That is a group that I honestly did not get involved in that much until Hurricane Maria, when we were stationed in Puerto Rico, Hurricane Maria hit. Mm. There was a mandatory evacuation for my husband was a recruiting commander for the west side of the island and in the Virgin Islands. And we had to leave. You know, we, we didn't even have any communication for eight days while I was there. That was one of the hardest times, actually. Yeah, can you tell us a little bit? But that was a Oof. big experience. Yeah, that was when I... Because a hurricane came in right in the area where they were living. So Yeah, he, it literally went in through the south part of the island. I would say southeast. Yeah, because we're on the west. And then it, it left the island. It left where we, in the area, the the city that we were in, Mm -hmm. left through that area. That was one of the most challenging things that I think we've ever been. We grew up in, my husband and I grew up in Florida and were born in Puerto Rico. So we were used to hurricanes. It's part of our life. But this hurricane became crazy, like in literally 48 hours. It became like a huge deal. And my dad was telling us, well, you should probably come. And it wasn't even like a category I would say three yet. 
and two, literally 48 hours or less before was in it when it shot up to like, and they started saying category five mm. and all that. And it, at that point, we couldn't leave. I mean, and he couldn't leave his man behind and, either. And I didn't want to leave my husband. And plus, uh, for a lot of you that don't know, in Puerto Rico, most of the homes are all cement. So it's not like over here, as in Florida, if a hurricane of that magnitude hit, yeah, it would be literally the ground yeah. left. Over there, they hold up pretty well. But still, at the magnitude of this hurricane, as devastating as it was, it was still, I mean, our house during the hurricane, our house, we had a two-story house, and we lived by the ocean. We lived on a cliff neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So we had a street in front of us, and our windows to our master literally hit were towards the ocean and there was no house behind us so the ocean the wind was coming from the ocean literally straight wow. to our wind you like, guys put the i remember you guys was telling us you put the bed towards the we french put our doors master bed because the framing was coming off which was metal steel mm -hmm. with bolts and wow. with nails on cement and it was rattling and we said we we're like lord if this comes off So That's you were by yourself? Your it husband? was just my husband and I okay. and the kids. And so we were just bracing ourselves. We we stayed up all night. We used every towel, every blanket in the Will house. Will you share a little bit how, I just think it's fascinating. The end of this horrible hurricane, as you all know, you know, that was like the walking dead over there in terms of oh like nature. You, a lot of people were trapped. So, and then your husband got some orders to do with their, with their guys. What did he do? Will you share what he did? Grabbing all the guys and just oh, taking yes. off. The honest truth is, I remember we didn't go out the first day right after the hurricane. My husband, I think, went out with the neighbor. The next day, he said, come on, I'm going to take you so that you could see a little bit. When we started driving through the streets, it was just tears just coming down. Everything looked like a scene from a movie, like The Walking Dead. It was, everything was gray. And Puerto Rico is very green and very just like just an island, a beautiful island. Devastating. Shocking. And so my husband... He had to think quick. We couldn't come. We had no communication. You couldn't call 911. So people were doing, it was like the wild, my husband says it was like the wild, wild west. <laughs> there was no traffic lights because there was no power. So it was a scary feeling because people in another area, they took a soldier hostage and tried to take money. And it, it was just getting out of control. So my husband, within those eight days that we stayed, he was trying to figure out, I need to get these people out of here because the power is not going to come out come back anytime people soon. Meaning we had his, no water. People meaning his team. Yeah, his yeah. team, like his soldiers and their families. He was just very concerned and he had to make Drastic, quick, yeah. you know, quick decisions. And he had no communication. We had no help from his, in Miami was where his boss was, from that unit because he had no communication. So he had to figure this out all on his own with his right-hand man, mm -hmm. his soldier. And It was, he had to make a lot of tough and quick decisions, but he took us all. There was one day that he said on the eighth day, he's like, every, some people are running out of food, you know, and people are going to start getting desperate. desperate yeah. I don't want my soldiers' families to run out of food. So he took us all. He said, have all your families ready to go tomorrow morning. And we're going to go with dogs, with kids, everything, pets, everything. We, and he took us to an airport, a local airport, and he just started I'm not going to say fighting because it wasn't angry, but he's just started pushing. Hey, I need, there was Spirit Airlines was coming and, or I think had just arrived and it was the first humanitarian flight to go out. And my husband did not give up. And so we were on that flight. Wow. We walked through in front of other people that were there. And I felt 
Like I was kind of like, oh my goodness, I don't want to take anybody's place. But there was a completely empty airplane. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I need to do something to take care of these families. We can't just, once we get over there, then we can figure it out. But it was such a scary time. And I think that was one of the hardest times. I would say biggest challenges for him was to have to send me away. And he knew we weren't going to have communication. That scared yeah, him. He, yeah. See, so for all you that are listening, so he was able to take all the families and everyone back to U.S., but he had to stay. Yeah. He has to stay. They had to do their duty. So that's, No power, no water. That's like the untold story. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That's why I'm like, you got to share that. And, and, and that's and, just a snippet really quickly, but yeah. all the major decisions. And, and the reason why we're sharing the stories is because we want you to understand, listeners, that there are battles that... I feel that they go through as marriage, you know, because of the armed forces and decisions and moves. But there's also this emotional battles that the husbands go through. They're not the only one. That's why we yeah. say it's so important to be marriage center. And this is a decision that you guys do together. And that's why you share in part one. If you don't have to be separated, don't. Try not because be things like this happen. And then, you and know. And then it's, it's going to eventually be forced at some point. Yeah. Because... That's part of the what you signed up for as a military family. You know, you can't say, I want to be a missionary, and then you're like, but I'm not going to travel anywhere. You know, it's like, <laughs> what? So I think you, you're trying to get into the wrong career here. So, um, but point. that's how I would tie in the FRG, that, which is a family readiness group, that when we returned from, when we were evacuated from Puerto Rico, that was the first time that I was a part of the family readiness group, which wow. is like, the wives would get together and we were just a support to each other there, which is like, it's simple, like getting together for coffee mm -hmm. or it was important during that time because we needed like yeah. that support in yeah. each other because we were all going through the same exact yeah. thing. I mean, we talk about that a lot on the village, like having a community. Mm -hmm. Yeah, having a village. A very, mm -hmm. Yeah, a very special community that you all and the to forge. And the, the truth is that sometimes as I was, I was hesitant to get involved because I heard, a, I heard some other wives saying, oh, don't get involved with FRG or with the other military wives. It gets, you know, like drama. It's drama. But again, I I think that you need to give it, a, your, yeah. give, it an, uh, give it a chance. You mm -hmm. can't just take what other people say. Mm -hmm. And you have to move forward and, and ask God to help you connect with the, you know, the, the right, right people, people yeah. the right mm -hmm. places. And so, yeah, Fort Bragg also, that was another, answering your question, Kristen, Fort Bragg was another... PWOC, which was Protestant Women of the Chapel, was another uh, resource that was such an amazing... There, You get together in the Army base. This was in North Carolina in Fort Bragg. But I'm sure they have it in different... They have Bible studies for military wives or spouses, and they get together and they just share their life experiences. They talk about the Word of God. And that was where I met Diana Jurgen. She was my mentor, my leader in that Bible. Small, We had a small group. And she wrote Wife of a Soldier, Journey of Faith, which is a book that I read because of her. She gave it to us for free. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was she was such a godsend because I felt like that was when Willie was deployed. Oh. And she was a mother of eight girls, wow. <laughs> homeschooling eight girls. And her husband had multiple deployments and trainings and all of it. God knew exactly what he was doing. Can you share the name of that book again? The name of the book is Wife of a Soldier, Journey of Faith, and it's by Diana Jerkins. Yeah, we'll have it in the show notes, ladies. Yeah. Yes, sure. and it was such a blessing. I mean, that woman was such a mentor. And also another, there's also some 
that you could just research in on post. But there's there was another group that I joined that was an amazing woman of God in North Carolina as well, that she had a group on post, but it wasn't really military related. The army yeah. sponsored it or whatever, but her name was Delphine Floyd. And she led a group called Thrive for, this is a special woman, for women or spouses that their husbands were deployed mm-hmm. or their spouse was deployed. So she was, she had a heart for those women. And I joined that group. Mm-hmm. Wow. I connected with her because I was connected to the local church Hmm. And I met her there, and she told me about this group. Hmm. And I even, we, I spoke, there was a small group, but it was literally like such a safe place to go and just open your heart and hmm. be with other people that were experiencing same the same thing, thing as Well, and as Karen, you, you mentioned just now that you found out about that through your church. Mm-hmm. And that's yes. a huge part yeah. of how we find community, yep. whether you're a yes. military spouse or no yeah. matter what mm-hmm. spouse you are. And COVID has been difficult for everybody, oh, yes. but mm-hmm. especially, you know, these military families that move to these different posts mm-hmm. and then their normal community, even if they're Christians, they, it's gone. Like it's there's gone. no way to meet anybody who's another fellow yeah. believer because these churches have been shut down. And so my son and daughter, I told you in part one, are, are in Louisiana, and they just found a church home, and awesome. it has been a game changer. It's they got East, I'm going to give a plug to this church because <laughs> yes. the pastor is awesome, but it's East Leesville Baptist in Leesville, Louisiana, right outside of Fort Polk. And it's special, these communities that have churches in these military places, yes. because the church just uniquely yeah. loves yeah. on these they families. Don't you agree? Oh, yes, absolutely. I feel like, and actually going, I don't want it to be like a somber thing. Speaking of Louisiana, looking back, rewinding back to like that moment 10 years ago, in that moment, it felt like Louisiana was like the worst thing that could have ever happened to yes. us. <laughs> And then looking back now, I met my first Army friend. She moved in right across the street on post. And her name is Sophie. And she literally, I know for a fact that God allowed us to move there so I could meet her. Because she was a Christian Army wife. She was a woman of faith, a woman that was like so positive, so full of faith, so excited about everything. She loved being an army wife. Mm. And I needed to see that, you know, I needed... You told me she was the one that made you love. She's, she is the one that made me love being an army wife. And till this day, 10 years later, we, wherever I've moved, which I have moved many times, (laughs) (laughs) she has gone, she has made a way to see me with four kids. She drives wherever I go, wherever I am. And she drives with me halfway or whatever it is. So she gets to me. So looking back, even in the moments where you feel like, what is going on, God? What are you doing? Why why did you send us here? Why am I moving all over again? Looking back, I know God had a purpose for that place. And she would invite me every week to the Bible studies that I told you about later on. Mm -hmm. I never went. (laughs) She invited me every week. And she was so and sweet about it. Listeners know she's a pastor's kid, <laughs> so yeah. it's not like she she didn't know yeah, the Lord. No. She knew, and, she knew and, this was good for her. But. And honestly, my my relationship with the Lord was was in a great place. And I've always had it's always been. Obviously, you go through ups and downs, and it was a hard time during isolation and everything when we were there. But she was just that person that needed to remind me, rattle you, in. yeah, and help me. And she was the one that got me, kind of like gave me that push. And I, I honestly, I, I know for a fact that God allowed us to be there because of her. So I'm thankful for Louisiana. And I hope that <laughs> your daughter has the same experience. Yeah, yeah. 
So you shared with us a lot about deployment and what that looks like when your husband is leaving. Can you share with us a bit of how does it look when he returns home? Like how do how does he integrate back into the family with your kids and even sharing in some of the, the household responsibilities? You know, how does that look for, for your family? I know it'll look mm-hmm. different for everybody else, but how do you integrate dad when he's been gone for a year? For me personally, and I, I can't speak to every woman, but it was... I was just happy he was there. (laughs) Literally, you could be like, just sit down and look pretty there. (laughs) Like that your presence is there. I felt safe. Like he makes me feel safe. I was happy to have them there. But, and he's always been a very involved father. So it wasn't hard. I mean, it was challenging. But, you know, I would would tell him, hey, can you help me with this? And can you help me with that? And he was always really good with that. But I would say one of the things that I think that I made many mistakes, little mistakes (laughs) here and there, and I learned from them was because I didn't know, was to not put too much on them too quickly. Okay. Because the first month that they're back from a training, from deployment, it's like a critical month for them. You know, they're trying to adjust to not being in a hostile environment, living alone in small quarters with little to no resources. And then they come all of a sudden to, let's say, crying babies. And then you're saying, well, I need a break. So now, now it's on you. And honestly, it's, I understand. Like I said those things. And looking back now, fast forward 10 years, you know, you just learn to be wiser and just hold your tongue at certain moments Mm -hmm. where you feel like, hey, by the way, (laughs) I'm going on a 10 day vacation or whatever. And it's on you. Goodbye. You're putting yourself in his shoes. Yeah. You try to just be understanding and just be, I learned this from my mother-in-law and also my mom, just try to be just a wise wise with your words. It's better to be quiet sometimes because you could say hurtful things in the moment and you don't know what they're feeling. There's many times that he was just quiet. And you don't know what what they've been experiencing. You have no idea. And so it's just don't try to put too much too quickly. But it, it reminds me of a story of when one of the days I was like, hey, can you help me with this? And I don't honestly, if I'm looking back, I don't remember what if he if he was having a hard day that day or whatever he didn't say. His response triggered me in a way that I literally was about to lose my salvation. <laughs> I was like, hey, can you help me real quick with the, you know, with the kids? And he's like, no, you got it. And I was like, excuse me? He's like, no, no, you got it. Because he can be, we, we've known each other for a lot of years, so he could be very straightforward. That threw me off. Like I wanted, I wanted to say a lot of things. <laughs> a lot don't of things. Have you ever been there, mom? You want to say a lot of things. You don't have to do, be deployed to say yes. <laughs> I wanted to say, oh, I know. I do got it because I did have it for nine months while you were gone. And I did have it. And this and this and this. And this. Yeah. yeah. Go down All the list. Go. Remember that training? We, yeah. we're, we're experts. Yeah. Keeping yeah. notes, right? Yeah. We notes. have the lo- let, me, let me get my notebook out. <laughs> yeah. On September 2000. <laughs> yes. So, so how, how do you then integrate the kiddos. Hopefully technology has yeah. helped with that a lot. Oh, yeah. You know, that you can FaceTime and you can, you know, call. But how do you prepare your children that yeah. dad's going to be home and that dad is now back and things yeah. do change and shift? Yeah. So we honestly, we did a lot of FaceTime calls and I mean, we try to involve him in a, in a lot of the things. Like if it was a birthday, he would try to call. I mean, I know it depends on what area or what your husband is doing while he's deployed, mm-hmm. if he can call that often. Thankfully, my husband was able to call quite often. He w- we would do a lot of FaceTime calls, and he would send them 
packages, like surprises from him, oh, you know, and so things that they liked or that they, they talked when they talked on the phone, they mentioned. And so we always that he would send them letters or voice text mm-hmm. and say good morning. And also the army provided a teddy bear mm-hmm. for the first deployment. FRG provided that. And we put a picture of his face on there. And so she would, you know, hug it at <sighs> night. But there's a lot of little things that I would do. I would try to call every night or have him call every night before on their during their bedtime. Mm-hmm. And if he couldn't answer, then he would usually send a message. Mm-hmm. And so he was still sort of part of our bedtime routine. Your routines, yeah. In that sense, you know, if you can try to still involve them, whether it be a send a, a message or something that you read to them, like a, you know, a prayer that you say at night with them that, you know, it's something that you both came up with, but, you know, your your spouse, that's a way can say or, or a message and just keep them, just try to keep them consistent. Yeah. yeah routine. Yeah. And being there. Yeah. And I would try to keep them as involved as I, I love could that I everything. hear from you, like a lot of intentionality. And mm-hmm. you mentioned this in part one, yeah. but especially how important it is. And the thing is, like we've said in another podcast, that usually it's just, it's not normal for us to do it because it's inconvenient. Like mm-hmm. Kristen, yeah. you have shared before mm-hmm. and it takes time and it gets us out of our way, you know, and you probably have a pile of excuses to share. They're actually legit. legit. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I I can't do it because I have to run a house by myself. I have to work by myself. I have to do all these things by myself. But yeah, you know, this is valuable for your marriage because you guys are marriage center, you know, and to build the foundation, you know, of the relationship with the father who's not present. Yeah. And And during that time, I had a lot of responsibilities that I don't normally have. He usually pays the bills. Every couple is different. And during that time, I had a, I was the one that had to do all the financials and do all the other stuff. Mm-hmm. So it was a lot of burden. Yeah. So you, you Even know. Even a couple of times, you got to, you were the one founding houses. You were the one moving. Yeah, I had, you his, were the one. I had his full power of attorney. So I was the one doing wow. everything. And so it gets to be a lot. But, you know, you learn to navigate. And the challenges have made, you know, make you grow that tension and going through those that process. So going in me. that thought, Kim, how do you most effectively cope with the ever-changing military schedule that frequently result in changing plans? Okay. So I would say the main thing that just comes right to mind is being able to overcome. My husband and I talk about this all the time. Being able to overcome and adapt, which in turn makes you a resilient person. You're saying that people don't like to adapt? <laughs> oh, oh my God. No. Yeah. I, but- I personally love it. <laughs> that doesn't yes. happen in our world, especially yeah. women. We adapt to anything. Sure. So, it's, a, it's a tough thing, but at the same time, just like working out, the more you lift, mm. the more your muscles grow. And, and then it's the same with life. The more challenges you face, the more you grow as a person and you mm-hmm. and also you have to realize that it's what you your family signed up for there might be women or men that maybe they they didn't want a, their husbands or wives to join the the armed forces but it happened and now yeah. you kind of got thrown into this life and you didn't want it but even those women even if you're feeling that way that you're not loving where you are and you didn't get to choose it mm-hmm. yeah. just look at it as a calling as god how can i grow mm-hmm. in good. this how can i become a better person and how can you use me whether it be with the people that i connect with the women or the men that i could share just a positive cuz there's so many broken families mm-hmm. in 
the military. Mm -hmm. Yes. So many broken marriages and so many dysfunctional families. We all have a lot of brokenness. Well, I remember in our many conversations, you share all the time, every other month, you will tell me, oh, yeah, we just got a news that somebody took their life. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. the wife is by herself with little kids. Or we just got the news like this, this family was broken and separated. And then you hear Mm -hmm. those news and you're like, well, there you go. You're like in that Mm -hmm. place. Mm -hmm. But then it breaks your heart. And so there is a lot of brokenness and there's a lot of need. And the fact that you're sharing that you guys were marriage center, plugged into a church, doing all this together makes a huge. Yeah. So we've already asked you this question, but I just want to go back to it real quick, because if you are a mom experiencing all of these deployments mm-hmm. and trainings and all of these things, we talked about what you do to kind of make the kids feel close. My daughter-in-law, I'm texting her while we're doing this <laughs> to make sure I don't overshare because yeah. I'm the mother-in-law, you know, you got <laughs> yeah. to be careful. But uh, She's so precious. I feel, like, I feel like she's fine. But she recorded my son reading. He, now, we have a four-month-old grandson, <laughs> so I got to plug that too. But he, he reads Goodnight Moon to him every night before he goes to bed. Well, he's, he's gone a lot, right? Mm-hmm. So he's he's infantry officer and he's going to be gone for a month. So she recorded him. And so every night he's gone, she plays that for the baby. And I mean, I just, she let me see it and I just wanted to die. I was so, <laughs> it was so precious. But talk to us real quick, just because I think any mom, military spouse, mm-hmm. any mom, how powerful is it for the way that you speak about Willie to your children when mm. he's not there? Mm. And so I feel like when when children are small, they see their dad mm. and their mom through the way that the other one talks, talks about, about each oh, other. Absolutely. And so you really are like a window to him when mm-hmm. he's not there. How how important is that? I feel like it's it's really important in the way, you know, obviously they view their dad in our relationship. If I I could have easily, like his first deployment, he volunteered. I could have, in the nights that I was frustrated, days mm-hmm. that I was, I could have said, well, your dad chose to be over there and not here. You know, yeah. I could have, yeah. there could have been a lot of when he things. missed birthdays. And, yeah. you know, or he's not here. Be, oh, why? You know, there was a lot of times where they would sit down and they're like, why is he not going to be here for my birthday? Mm-hmm. Why is he not going to be here for Christmas? And, and, you know, that was a tough thing. Like, I remember at Christmas when we were with all the family and I was just with both of them. And Willie wasn't there, and and I remember some of the days, you know, Kaylee just more Kaylee because Willie was younger, but that I would have to sit down with her. She would ask questions, and I would tell her, "Hey, Papi is serving our country. He's helping protect our country. Mm-hmm. He's doing a great thing. This is our calling. You know, this is. And I'm so proud of you for being so strong and for being so understanding and sharing." your papi with wow. yeah with the world because this is bigger than us. It's for something that's bigger than us. And for other for other families to have freedom and for other families to be able it's it's an honor. I absolutely feel like it's an honor and you have to treat it with that weight, mm-hmm. you know, when you speak of your spouse mm-hmm. and not throw them under the, the bus, bus yeah. when they're not around because your kids are listening to everything and taking it all in and then as they get older and if your spouse is still in the military, they're going to be like, there he goes leaving again because he's just trying to, yeah. whatever it is. Yeah. And I want them to always have, there's going to be already so many challenges they're going to face because of all of the changes of the military. But I don't want the home to not be, the home has to be the, the safe place yeah. of refuge. Yeah. And so that means that even when my husband is not there, that's where, what I'm going to, what the foundation 
of God being the he, that peace marriage. in our home, I will continue and I will fight for that too, for our home to be full of peace, full of joy, that even when we face adversity, which will be many times, mm-hmm. that I will try to focus. We're realistic. We're going to tell them, hey, moving is hard. Mm-hmm. There's going to, you know, saying goodbye to friends is hard, but we're moving together. You're going to yeah. meet new friends. You try to focus on the positive. Yeah. And I've gotten resources like even a book, you know, there's so many things out there as a parent that I would research, and I got them a book that it was Bernstein, I think, Bears, 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 Bears yeah. <laughs> moving, moving something yeah. about moving, and we read that about moving a lot. And then there's a, also like another stuffed animal that they have made for parents that are away, and you can record the person, the parent that's away, they rec- they can record their voice on it. Wow. And so like that, that even if if you, you don't have communication, because sometimes you won't, mm-hmm. they're in a place that they can't, then you at least have those, you know, those little the things. tangible things. Yeah, that know. are consistent every day that Reminds continue to make him well, a part of the and, nucleus. And what you've done for your children is give them such a gift in that instead of making them bitter by your words, mm-hmm. you yes. have made them, I'm sure I've not met them, but just listening to you talk this morning is that... You've given them this gift of, hey, this is a family calling. calling. Yeah. We're on the yeah. team. Mm-hmm. Instead of being bitter, they're proud. I'm sure you're like, mm-hmm. look, my, my dad's a stud, you know? <laughs> yes. And just the and they see all that through you. And what a, what a blessing you are to them as their mom mm-hmm. to be intentional about that. And that mm-hmm. that's something for me to look up to and to try to emulate my own home, right? Moms, yeah. no yes. matter what our, our mm-hmm. husbands do. Even if we're civvies. That's yeah. right. <laughs> we learned a new term today, yes, girls. We we're did. so proud. But, I, don't, I know we went over our time, but I don't want to end, Karen, without you really quickly sharing the importance of finding a church that you can encourage our listeners to plug in. Because I know even now that your kids are a little bit older, you've seen the fruit and the importance and the power that the local church can do, especially for military families. Oh, absolutely. I would say that was one of the reasons why I think we struggled a little more in our first duty station, because at first, we couldn't find a local church that we really felt like it was home. And then we did, but it was towards the end of it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's why the isolation period and and the, the struggles felt stronger mm-hmm. because we didn't have that support. So the first place when my husband was deployed, it was we got connected for the first time, really connected in North Carolina. And so I would say that was such a special time because... Willie, we literally moved to North Carolina and he he was deployed. All I had, like I literally didn't know anybody. Mm. And so all I had, I started, you know, going to the church. But I also got involved in this group called MOPS, which is uh, Mothers of Preschoolers. Preschoolers. <laughs> they have my heart, <laughs> always. And so I got connected in North Carolina with this awesome church called Covenant Love church and the pastor Tava Bryce and their daughter led were part of the leaders of that mops group and I honestly during those were Jesus Marie knows those were mm-hmm. some of the darkest times that I've been through the deployments up you know so I felt like if I didn't have the, that group of women and, and there was a lot of military wives in there mm-hmm. and you can, you can say her name shout out to Candace Candace yes Candace, on, Candace and her and we used to call and her mom the pastor's wife during that time, mom, we called her Mama Teva. She literally <laughs> became, because the beautiful thing was that I got connected to this church, but they're a military town. Mm-hmm. It's Fort Bragg. And 
they have so many members that are military. So she's used to having these women. She's experienced being around them. And she had such a great impact and influence in my life and her daughter. And honestly, I would not have been able to make it through those dark times without obviously the Lord and without the connection that I had and days that I felt sad, like they they were texting me or they were calling me or we were having one of the Bible studies. They noticed that I was different. And so they were always checking up on me. Yeah. And I think that's so important because it's so easy to isolate yourself. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to say, I don't, you know, they're not going to understand. Why I'm am I going to get it? Yeah. I'm too busy. I'm too, mm-hmm. You know, I have too much on my plate with the kids and everything. And so it's honestly, it was such an important and critical. I feel like it's critical because I've told Jesus Marie this before and I say it a lot. The last 10 years, I could have made it without the Lord the last 10 years by the skin of my teeth, <laughs> but not with my sanity mm-hmm. and not have grown because you can make I could have survived is the perfect word to use. I could have survived the last 10 years, but without the Lord sustaining me mm-hmm. and without my relationship with the Lord and without connecting with other people and other community, the church and other women and other people that can push you and help you and help you navigate those tough times and just be there for you, be yeah. present. I wouldn't have my sanity right now if I'm being completely can, honest. Can you all relate, ladies, that you're <laughs> listening? I mean, we can relate. We're here with our hearts in our hands. I mean, I love that you share that. Thank you, Karen, because this applies even if you're an army wife or not. Mm-hmm. We encourage you, mom, that are listening, you know, and we always encourage this in every podcast. Please don't do life alone. Plug into a community church. And I just Why? wanted to say one last thing. Yeah. This verse that I believe during one of the Bible studies in North Carolina, it really hit home for me. And I think for a lot of military wives and military families, it's going to help them. Really, It helped me get through a lot of tough times. But it's in Isaiah 42, 16. It says, I will lead the blind by ways they have not known along unfamiliar paths. I will guide them. I will turn the darkness into light before them and make the rough places smooth. These are the things I will do. I will not forsake them. So that was just That's awesome. that verse really hit home for me. I felt I feel like this was for military, yeah. like God wrote this. You know, just this was you. written yeah. for for military families. Yeah, it was. It's just been the word of God is such a you know it's a light in the middle of the dark places and the rough. The army life is and the military life could be such a rough and a roller coaster. The word of God and just being connected and that verse has really helped me navigate all of it you know well cam we want to thank you so much for joining oh, us wow. so thank what you let's a, give her a hand such an honor we want to say you. thank you for for coming here they were stopping by and we're like we got to do this really quick before they have to go to kansas <laughs> we want to thank from our village to you guys and your spouse thank you so much for yeah, you guys service yes. for what yes. you do yes. and your for sacrifice your every day Thank you for the time that you took to come here and share with our village. And ladies, this is all we got. But don't forget, mom, if you are in the armed forces, no matter what branch, just go subscribe and leave us a comment where you're stationed and what branch of the armed forces you are, because you can win a giveaway gift card we're giving away. So just (laughs) leave us a comment. Thank you so much for listening, village. This is part two of Army Life, and we're going to sign out. Ready, ladies, Karen, join us. One, two, three. Bye. Bye. Bye.